All right, kids, it's time to get your war face on, because it's Southpaws, episode 502. It's not great. <laughs> ah. Oh. oh, man, it's been one of those days where it's like, oh, there's, why is there line noise? I thought we fixed this. Oh, God, some button got pushed sometime in between here and then. What's going on? Oh, no, we'll fix it in post. Hi, I'm Saverin. I'm Fuzzwolf. And I'm Shiva. And, oh, we're here. Hit the button on the iPod. Yep, got to do that. You know, have that emergency backup. Like, hey, I, I know... I know it might end up being a, a cleaner recording. Maybe. That would be pretty funny if it was, because, like, we have this ancient Belkin. It's a 2XLR mixer with a third input for, like, the large Big Jack. So we have this old setup that we've had for years and years and years and years. And for whatever reason, there's, like hey mystery line noise is back and we're not sure why and we've poked and prodded it for like half an hour and it's like you know what i'll fix it in post as you do over here got everything set up and then it's just like nope there are gremlins tonight yeah um um <sighs> oh there's something else not just a gremlin i don't know what that was <laughs> some sort of like coyote thing i just read a story about a coyote yeah what were they getting fucked by? Nobody, actually. Oh. <laughs> uh, so one of my favorite furry authors, uh, Madison Scott Clary, uh, Macchio, has a new collection coming out in November 1st. Um, it's called A Wildness of the Heart. And it has, um, the majority of the book is, I guess, probably novella length, the story called Limmer and Object. And then there's like four or five shorter stories in there um but that main story uh the two main characters are coyotes mm. and uh and it's really good and if you like your coyotes uh catholic and angsty check it out i mean who doesn't like their angsty coyotes catholic but um is a really good writer and yeah that's that's uh, like she wrote restless town which is a, st- uh, a book of short stories uh, and this this book also takes place in her fictional town of Sawtooth, Idaho, and uh, I I've enjoyed all the stories that she's written in that in that setting. Yeah, can't speak highly enough of her writing. She actually went to uh, so they did um, RAR, the uh, Regional Anthropomorphic Writers Retreat. The, they did it online this year. This year it was supposed to be in Dallas, so I'm really annoyed at COVID for stopping any travel plans they ended up doing it online instead hopefully they'll do it in dallas again in a future year because like it'd be really cool to have that in our town you know and i could maybe see some of my friends that are involved with it but maybe next time but yeah that's a that's also a good community resource you should check out also it's furry it's furry writing month Yep. It's Furry Book Month on, on Twitter. It's hashtag Furry Book Month. So. There's been lots of talk about furry books and writing and, yep. hey, I'm an author and I do books in here and here you can read my stories and various stuff from furplanet.com. <laughs> yeah, I I am doing a, a month-long sale on both For Planet and Bad Dog Books. Uh, 10% off everything in the stores with coupon code FBM2021. Shill, shill, shill. Shill, shill, shill. Short for Furry Book Month. But I do encourage people that are interested in furry writing or furry books 
to look up the hashtag furry book month all one word on twitter and you'll see a lot of discussion there about furry books uh the furry writers guild is posting interviews with various publishers and authors over the course of the month so you know you can uh read more about our our little writing niche of the fandom it's, oh, it's good exciting. stuff it has a really cute logo yep you know, furry creativity reading. yep it's like you it takes a little more effort to masturbate to this but it's worth it yeah you have that long build-up as opposed to just a picture yeah you know it's like yeah that tiger is pounding that fox but what if you read like ten thousand words about that <laughs> yep yeah so uh speaking of tigers though right yes. yeah we get to yeah. give the title of the episode right off the bat yeah i, I yeah. see how i deftly slid that in there like a tiger between the foxes yeah yeah um it's even more smooth when you point it out yep <laughs> well unfortunately for kellogg's though they pretty much kind of retired tony the tiger when the furries got too horny for him <laughs> the uh, workers in all of kellogg's u.s cereal plants have gone on strike because like uh, nabisco we talked about a couple weeks ago yeah they too had been working 12 hour days seven days a week because so i first heard of this when i saw somebody quote tweet it new strike dropped yeah <laughs> Well, I mean, they're basically saying, hey, you need to bust your ass for this, but we're also going to cut your your health care, your holiday and vacation pay, and reduce your retirement benefits. Fuck Thanks that. for working your ass off during, like, the worst parts of the pandemic, but you're going to take the shit we give you, or we're going to move our cereal production to Mexico. <laughs> and, well, most people are okay with having products made in China or Mexico or clo like clothes. But when it comes to food, we want stuff that's, you know, FDA inspected and the the factories are supposed to be OSHA compliant. Mm. Um, where, you know, OSHA rules about being vaccinated and shit come into play. Or so, how about just not shipping our jobs over fucking season out of the country yeah. some more? Just because, because you period. wanna not pay livable wages and benefits and shit like that. Yeah. Just because you want to be a shitty company. It's like profit above all, but then it's like what do we make in the country? Uh sadness and dollar stores. Like, you know, US manufacturing is lower than it's ever been, I'm it's sure. It's been gutted. But we like, can't even manufacture chocolate frosted sugar bombs, and what good are we? Yeah, and this isn't like, oh, you know, we gotta, you know, woo, Mexico is dirty or anything. It's like, look, we would like to have the cereals, like, most of the food that we make in the U.S. should consume in the U.S. should probably be made in the U.S. Like, yeah, it's shipping from Mexico, sure, whatever, but, like, what if we're making stuff from overseas or whatever? You want stuff made to be consumed in America, made in America, and hopefully inspected by American food rules? Not that our food rules are super high are great but you know we at least, at least have a say in those we can yeah at least it's them. local yeah well, we... well also during the pandemic the the shipping system is completely fucked and overwhelmed so like let's move our operations across a national an international border which is already just, just to fuck our employees is like seems like a bad move logistically speaking. yeah shipping like you mentioned fuzz last week that you're having books not make it to australia mm -hmm. but like we've had both our north and south borders closed functionally for the last year and a half two years and so like oh we're gonna ship our cereal manufacturing across the across the border it's like can you get this back into the country are you gonna have to put a I'll put it on a boat and then go across the gulf of mexico to the port of houston <laughs> or something like that which is also having backups yeah it's like 
you would cut off your nose to spite your face almost like 700,000 Americans have died and while the leading occupation to die has been line cooks like people have still died at like every level and in every occupation so like there's fewer truckers there's probably fewer people available at the ports to do customs inspections and shit like that one of the other really high places that got wiped out during because of coronavirus is uh food manufacturing specifically slaughterhouse workers Mm -hmm. and also in well i mean it specifically mentions this kellogg's that like they had to do these death march uh schedules because so many people were out with the virus at a given time right so like you have people working close in together on the cereal at the cereal mines and then you also have people like the the stuff in nabisco because they literally had someone die on the line and they just dragged the body out and said keep working yeah and it's shit like that's been happening in the food manufacturing industry in the u.s and so like yeah cutting their health benefits after all this shit Mm. super not gonna fly there's also you know like trying to keep out all the migrant workers and stuff like that which means that there's been nobody available to pick the crunch berries yeah so it's been there's been a real shortage it's like it's whoops all crunch now you know, yeah. there's there's no crunch berries anymore, and it's it's gotten it's going to get even worse for places like the UK where like they can't bring in Irish workers to get the Lucky Charms, and, and a lot of people are pushing back about the GMO crunch berries too. Yeah, so that that's been a big issue. It's like yeah. those those crunch berry bushes, they just produce, 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 and they fall over. Yeah, and they, that's how they chip them up into making the Captain Crunch. You're right about there's the the uh, the Irish leprechaun shortage. Um, because they're short, people think that they're under twelve, so leprechauns have had a hard time getting vaccinated, and it's been a real problem in the leprechaun community. <laughs> Very I'm good. Vaccinated. I get my booster tomorrow. Oh, congrats. Good. Yeah, me and Siam and Oxy all have our appointments at the exact same location time tomorrow, so we're all going to go get jabbed, and then we've written off the rest of the weekend, just in case. Right. <laughs> I yeah. might be okay, I might not be, I'm just, you know, Siam and Oxy got thrown for a loop, and I barely felt much when I got my initial shots, but... You know, it's been a dice roll for every one of them. Yeah, just make sure that you don't do the uh, booster at the same time you're getting your flu shot, because you will feel like you got hit by a truck for about 12 hours. No, I've, uh, it's just a booster. Yeah. I still need to get the flu. Speaking of which, um, you need the flu shot, not the flu. <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah. Yeah, um, and I usually get the pneumonia one, too. There's a pneumonia shot? Yeah. Yeah. yeah they... No shit. I, Wow. Uh, I'm 45 years old. uh, I've not heard of this. No, my, uh, well, pneumonia is a couple different things. Like, a couple different things can cause it, but there's a viral version of it. Um, Because basically, if it damages your lungs, you get build up but it can be bacterial. It can be from breathing in some kind of particulate. You know, aspirating stomach acid yeah. or a virus. This is a, for the virus. Um, my work's been offering it. You, they usually do, you can get a flu shot or and you can get a um, pneumonia shot. And they usually offer a B vitamin if you would so wish. I usually get all three. Yeah. Cool. I hadn't gotten it until this year, but my new doctor was like, oh, hey, by the way, have you ever had the pneumonia vax? And I'm like, 
we have a pneumonia vax? No, but you can give it to me right now. And he's like, sure, okay. Do, 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 do. Goes and get it. It's like, you're all up to date on your other stuff, right? I think so. Mm-hmm. Like I, also, I can never remember when I got my last tetanus. You know, I think I got a tetanus booster, and then like I just recently got the HPV vax. I need to get that, too. Because it's now eligible for people up to like age 45 plus, at least. I need and, to get like a little thing on my arm where I just tick down when I last got vaccinated, what so I can keep track of when did I get tetanus again? Yeah, uh, I mean, it says I'm due. Okay, do that like yeah. and t- tattoo in the like the next one because tetanus is something like every ten years, and yeah. it's like that's yeah, long but enough you never want to get it. That's one yeah. of those it, horrific. It's definitely things. one of those like old furry problems because yeah. it's like when did we last get our vaccinations? I don't know. It was a yeah, while back. I'm just saying, ten years is long enough for me to not remember exactly which year I last got it. Yeah. All I know is that I've always heard that fucking lockjaw is god awful. Don't get it. Yeah. Oh, the disease? Well, lockjaw is the the term for what happens when you get tetanus. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I know I've had tetanus shots in my life. I know I've had one since moving to Dallas. I don't remember why. But, uh, yeah, I should probably just get that, too, at some point. Just doing basic maintenance on your health is super important. Because, like, yeah, COVID will fuck you up. But, you know, other vaccinations are important, too. Yeah, Yeah. Like... It has been nice because the masking and distancing and people not going out, like, there actually are varieties of the flu virus that may go extinct. Yeah, I saw that the other day. Or it's like, because there's no transmission, it's not, like, it's not mutating into new strains as hard. Are you talking about the XKCD comic? Well, there's that one, but then Mm. there's actual, like, the AP article where it's like... Oh, I know, but XKCD usually cites stuff like that. Oh, so sad. Oh, really? Uh, A strain of the flu might go extinct because people are. I haven't up. had a cold or anything since we went into fucking isolation. The only thing we've had is maybe food poisoning. Yeah, like, and that's, I've got allergies. Like I've got allergies because well, well unless been a you're breeze. like yeah, I was gonna say unless you're in a what's the filter name where every particular yeah a filter chamber you're gonna be yeah yeah allergies. Well, like we actually got. Um, some air filters that we have cycle in the apartment all times now. So, yeah. Needless to say, allergies and not getting sick and all this other stuff, it's nice. Yeah, I just got new filters for my air scrubbers uh, like a month ago. Because, like, with allergies, yeah, like, I went in a bedroom and I went in a library and went in a sunroom. Because for some reason, the sunroom has that different wall texture because uh-huh. it's supposed to look like it's outside. And it, that really attracts dust. Mm. And the uh, because it's tech, it's the grain or whatever, it's like dust sticks to it better. So I put an air scrubber in there because I noticed when the air scrubber's not on, it starts to smell dusty in that room. Mm. Even though it's like wood walls, the chimney... And tile floor, there's not a lot for dust to cling to, but it's... Yet, there, it's there. It's there. Yeah. Like, I have one in my office, and then I have we have one in the main room of the apartment. So but it's like a 1500 like? The one that we have, it's like a, it was like a $500 unit, but the air filter is supposed to, the filter's supposed to last like five years on it. It's this big kind of rectangular box about the size of the hookah stand, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit taller, and it's just like a big squirrel cage fan that sucks air up through the bottom and bends it out through the top. But it has like a big cylindrical filter that it pulls all the air through mm. and so it cuts down the amount of dog hair and dust and other particulates in the apartment in the air because like one thing that people were having issues with is because they were 
keeping their windows and doors and stuff closed all the time, people were having issues with like higher than normal CO2 in their apartments or houses because they weren't allowing enough airflow. And that can actually be an issue. If you've got five people in a house and no doors open to outside air, you can actually like raise the concentration of CO2 in your house and cause issues. Like not like kill you level, but enough to make you feel stupid. So it's just one of those things you kind of learned and all it's like, oh, so like we've had these nice mornings where it's like 60, 70 degrees. We'll just turn open off the, the AC, pop open the patio doors. Adam gets to lay on the patio and just let the breeze air out the apartment. And it's really nice. We've been but, doing that at night. I don't think I think it's going to be too warm tonight. But yeah, we've been doing that at night. It's so nice. The house smells so much better. Yeah. And it doesn't smell bad to begin with. Are these the air filters loud? Like, do they make a, a, like uh, a mine aren't mine are different in Saverns. Mine, mine are like the size of a, of a of a tall speaker, and they're like that wide, and like like that tall. So the mm-hmm. one that's in my office is about a foot tall and it's a cylindrical shape, um, and it constantly goes at a low level. But like, if I like dust out my PC case, it goes, it detects. Oh shit, there's a lot of particulates in the air, and it kicks <laughs> it up. The other one is like a pc case mm-hmm. but not like a super loud one unless you have it on high which in the case just like yeah it's a fan on high um, your sound a little more high tech than what i've got yeah i can show you guys in the in our per- in the chat later yeah so needless to say that... i'm thinking about getting one in here that i turn on before you guys come over because of all the cat hair oh, yeah that'd be cool yeah yeah because they're yeah. like the one in my office it's good for like a 400 square foot room so eh, probably a little bit less than in here but it would help. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like I'll send you the links because you know having nice clean air in your apartment when you're not mm-hmm. breathing in cat hair or whatever, uh, it's nice. I was gonna say, Shiva, like um, your house doesn't have that doggy smell, even though you have a dog. Like I've I, I've been in apartments before, mm-hmm. or not apartment. Well, I've been in apartments before to have a dog, and it's really obvious when to have a dog, even if you don't see them, and like. You've got how many cats and a dog, but it it never smells like animals. I try really hard. The doggy smell we fight because we get Bo bathed professionally every month. Because he will get really doggy and make other things smell doggy. But if we get him professionally bathed every month, it keeps that from happening. And that keeps my whole house from smelling like dog. Yeah. Yeah. And the cats do what cats do. We just make sure to keep their litter boxes clean. Yeah. But dog, you know, we at least wash him. That's I don't think a lot of people necessarily bathe their dogs monthly, but we always. Bo is like, whenever, if you pet him and you start getting like a residue of your hand or he just smells, if he smells doggy, he gets taken to the groomers. There's a particular smell that dogs get. Sometimes it's like, all right, well, time to bathe the dog. You are too stanky. I have a nice little like Burt's Bees sensitive skin oatmeal mm-hmm. for him and, we, and we have like shampoo if we need it in a pinch it's it's mostly the hair and poor adam yeah. he just stands there with his tail down and his head down he's like this is my future oh I, I, he's so like, sad I, i've washed bow in the tub i've washed bow in the backyard um which the best way to rinse him is just play with him with the hose and shoot him yeah because he and then you have to like dedicate it like check and make sure he's rinsed but he's happy if you just shoot him with the hose did you say he hates he hates being washed but he loves the hose he he, yeah he love he hates the rain he hates he doesn't really swim much he wades he fucking loves the hose like oh my god i'm gonna get it yeah he doesn't like the wash part but the rinse part if you're just you know spraying him down it's like oh god yes i mean we used to bathe him 
regularly once a month ourselves. And there's a self-service one in Addison. It's that a self-service car wash. Dog wash. <laughs> yeah. But it got really hard to get to because they close really early and um, just moving up here. So we washed them a couple times ourselves. And then we started getting them professionally groomed just because we we did it once because we didn't have time. And we realized, my God, they shed him out so much better than we do. And we, even if we're trying, like they've got the equipment to properly get out all the dead hair. Um, so it's like, okay, um, I will pay money for you to wash my dog and especially brush my dog. <laughs> yeah. Because I can do it. It's fine. I don't mind doing it. It's just they do it so much better. They're professionals. And, and they, they do have it all day. tools. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For me to do it like they do it, I mean, I don't have their blow dryers, which is just a shop vac on reverse. <laughs> Back and when I, I don't did have that, all the different. It was literally combs. like a squirrel cage fan. Adam's problem is he's got all that white fur. So I know you've taken him out and he's rolled into mud and crap. And then it's like, sorry, bath time now. <laughs> yep. Or. Yeah, like if, if he gets muddy, it's very noticeable because he's a little white dog. So shifting topics, because um, like we were talking about, hey, you know, and then cereal yeah. and then dogs and then air filters, because like you know we're we're old and weird. Yeah. You How know, did we get from dogs from Kellogg's? It was a long. It, it was, was a trip. It was Kellogg's and then air filters. No, no, no. It's Kellogg's, then vaccines, then more vaccines, then, then air take, quality. Yes. And then filters. <laughs> right. And then dogs. Yes. We're <laughs> we're professional it podcasters. Is, it's like a wiki hole, but with our discussions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so not relating to dogs, but kind of related to shitty dogs made in Picru. So last oh. week we talked about Lindsay Lohan and her stupid earless wolf thing. Oh yes. Yeah. Well, there have been more of these scams. She's a dog. Don't don't cast aspersions on the the noble wolf. Well, whatever she is, she has no ears, and therefore, you know. Well, she's part of the canine crew, so it has but to be a dog. It's so God. Like this whole thing with NFTs is so stupid. And it's it, it a total really it's all money laundering. It's all a scam. And I didn't know the half of this until this canine thing came about. I didn't know about the the other the evolved eight one. Yeah, that's the one we're gonna talk about here. Which they were out before the, the canine. Well there's crew. evolved ape and there's ghosts and there's monkeys and there's other zombies dogs too, and zombies think, and yeah. It's it's all a fucking scam. It's like mass-produced pit crew avatars, and it's used to launder money. That's literally what it's for. It's laundering money through the blockchain. It's it's all a scam. Like, 100% scam. Like, crypto's a fucking scam. This is a fucking scam. It's all laundering drug money for the most part. Or assassinations. Yeah. Or prostitution. Insert illicit goods and money here. Whatever. But like this one, it's investors spend millions on evolved apes NFTs, then they got scammed. Well, they got scammed to start with. But the developers behind the NFT project, quote, evil ape, took the money and ran. They did what is known in the community as a rug pull. It is something that has happened sufficiently often in the NFT scene that they have a term for when they get scammed. They deleted the website, the Twitter account, and took $2.7 million in internet funny money in the process. So what exactly? An NFT is basically you are the only one with rights to this picture. You have bought this picture on the blockchain. What does that mean? Not much. It has functionally this... Do you remember in the 90s when they did those name a star where you could name a star and you put it in the International Star Registry? Mm -hmm. They sold these scams on cables 
and it was like a hundred dollars and you would get the coordinates to your star and it would be named after the person you loved show someone you love them by giving them a star named after them all you need is a website microsoft word and a printer yeah (laughs) and it's this is the modern day version of that like you don't actually own anything you own a json file that points to a database somewhere but it's not something you couldn't do anything with these right yeah like you trade them around and like you see these things on these nft marketplaces where it's like oh person a sold it for ten thousand to person b person b told a person c for a hundred thousand and then person D buys the same thing for 10000 later. It thinks they're getting a bargain. Yeah, when person A, B, and C are all the same person, then person D, it's their money that gets taken ultimately. Because it's like insider trading between wallets and then, oh, person D, the sucker, spends 10000 space bucks and whoever was laundering that building up the confidence in that NFT <coughs> mm. takes the money and runs, cashes out, and they've got... 10,000 Ethereum or whatever coin they're using. So from what I understand, like, because the way the blockchain works and the way it's quote-unquote secure for, like, Bitcoin or other coins like that, all of the transactions are encoded in the blockchain forever. And with NFTs, the the, the URL of the points to the JPEG image is encoded in the blockchain as being owned by X person. So... As long as that URL is valid, you technically, you own that image hosted at that URL. But if that server ever goes down, then you own a 404 basically yeah. or a server error the the article this is on vice i'll put the link in the show notes like evolved ape investors noticed several red flags leading up to evil apes rug pull after the public sale on september 24th the announcement seemed suspiciously unprofessional and several of the leaders were not around anymore one investor who requested anonymity due to the ongoing fallout from the scam told motherboard but they chalked it down to lack of experience at the time i don't think this giant storm was ever what was expected the investor said According to Mike underscore Crypto Bull, who did not share their real name due to their, quote, standing in the community, the Evolved Apes community discovered that its social media competition winners, a marketing activity to create buzz, hadn't received their NFT prize from the project, and the artists hadn't been paid either. To figure out what was going on, investors active on the project's Discord server jumped on a voice chat last week. In that call, they appointed Mike Crypto Bull, who spent three Ether, around $10,200, on 20 Evolved Apes as their de facto fact-finding mission leader. And through piecing the bits together, I could find out the parts all line. I put together my opinion in the PDF for the community, Mike told Motherboard. His report contains some bad news about Evil Ape, the admin who controlled the project's blockchain wallet. What had happened is the Evil Ape had washed his hands of the project, taking away the wallet with all the eth from minting that was going to be used for everything, from paying the artists, paying out cash giveaways, paying for marketing, paying for rarity tools, developing the game, and everything else in between, he wrote in the report shared with his fellow investors. Even though the money is gone, the Evolved Apes community plans to carry on. And then it goes... Sorry, how much money was it again? 2.7 million. Yeah, Mm 2.7 million dollars in So that was all in an... Yeah, that was all in an ethereum wallet so the guy just probably went and cashed out his ethereum and now he has 2.7 actual million dollars is his yeah like now you fucked up now you have fucked up you have fucked up now it's like i can see how you could buy bitcoins but it's like how do you use them to buy anything else i don't know it's i haven't looked too much in the bitcoin it's a very contentious subject that's just bad for everybody right now because like you know fucking video cards you can't get a goddamn video card and uh, manufacturing for microchips is 
massively done because crypto miners are buying up all the 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 time on manufacturing so like you know toyota can't build cars which is causing inflation in the used car market because new cars aren't getting built because they can't get the computer chips for them yeah there's that whole fleet sitting (laughs) waiting for chips yeah and so this whole nonsense with nft is coming up it's just like look motherfuckers throw some money around and they're like oh look at me i you know Lindsay lohan i got this nft from the dog what was it called canine cartel Cartel, and there's the bone daddies and the pixel penises and the cum donkeys and you know insert you know some of these are making up some of them are not and it's all these like mass manufactured things and it has to be just so many bots because like sad to say uh elijah wood posted a thing today about i minted my first nft and it's like some ghost looking shit and like the replies are full of a lot of very similar replies and a lot of very similar icons and i'm like this has to be a bot scam this has to be like a fucking krasenstein's esque level of manufacturing internet consent where it's like you know first name bunch of numbers and they have a stupid monkey icon or a lion icon that all looks very suspiciously similar even across different species like the dogs all look kind of the same but they also kind of look like the lions which also looks kind of like the monkeys and it's has oh, like to some be regular furry artists yeah but in this case <laughs> it's like bitcoin bots like it's disappointing because like fucking nas little nas x did that shit and I was like, that was a real, real goddamn shame. It's like, dude, no, don't fucking do this TikTok NFT nonsense. Fuck. And now, like, Lindsay Lohan, who gives a fuck? And now it's like, Elijah Wood. It's like, aw, but I liked you. Well, fuck off. You know, it's like, look, this massive fucking scam. And a lot of it, like, with Lindsay Lohan and other, like, super wealthy people, yeah, they can afford to, like, get in on a scam which like it pumps up the value of the coin due to the demand because the rich person said something about it and then somebody famous back this it must be okay well then in, they in cases out. like that they probably paid lindsey lohan a couple million bucks to be like hey promote this for us and you know she was like sure i'll take your money yeah like, she didn't actually lose anything i mean hell could just be your fucking social media manager and she's just like you know sitting there petting a dog and drinking the blood of children and Oh, wait, no, that's the wrong, that's the wrong conspiracy. Um, You know, <laughs> sitting there yeah. and, you know, doing whatever she's doing. And she's like, yeah, sure, I'll take some money. I like money. Money's cool. And post that on her social media because celebrities don't handle their own social media. Like, just, you you should know that. And so, like, yeah, it's just, it's, a non- it's nonsense. It's bad for the environment. And it's a way Dumb. for people with money to make more money and people without money who think they're going to make money to just lose that money. Because, mm-hmm. like... You've seen all these times where it's like, oh, God, I put my life savings into crypto and now I'm in one and a half million dollars in debt and my wife has divorced me. You know, I, I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole when I first discovered the, the canine cartel thing and was like looking at some of the people's tweets and everything. And there was like a, ha that's totally me kind of joke. Because someone was like, my wife keeps asking me when all these JPEGs I'm buying are going to actually make us money, but I keep just buying more JPEGs. And they're like, lol, same here. So like, it becomes like, it becomes like someone made the, um, the connection to Beanie Babies yeah. as well. It's this artificial market that's not by itself like worth anything really, but... 
people really got it in their heads back in the 90s that they were going to put their kids through college with Beanie Babies. Mm -hmm. If I buy them all now and like they're going up in value... And then I'll be able to sell them in 20 years when my kids are going to college or whatever. And nope. it's like, no. And it, it's a it's a collector thing. It's it, it's an instinct that, that people have to a greater or lesser degree. And like, you know, and, and I've, I, I've fallen into the collecting mindset too. Like I had like shitloads of Star Trek toys and, and stuff like that, that I would keep most of them in the box in mint condition, quote unquote. I don't have those anymore, you know? And like, Beanie Babies were ne- never amounted to anything. And like, cards, like trading cards and stuff. Like, well, what magic cards? Some of the early ones are actually worth a good deal of money still. But like, if you go into baseball cards or magic cards or anything like that, thinking I'm just going to collect these because they'll be worth money in 20 years? Nah. Well, see, that's the thing, is that all the most At least recent... those are physical things that you still have in your hand. Yeah, but all the, the bubbles yeah. that have been happening recently in retro games, in collector cards, and stuff like that, are all caused by rich motherfuckers artificially causing the demand. Like, Target isn't selling Pokemon or baseball cards anymore, because the demand- there were literally people getting into fistfights and getting robbed in the parking lot from their boxes of Pokemon cards, yeah. because all all it took was some rich motherfucker on Twitch to throw a bunch of money at opening cards and be like, oh shit, dude. And then they get their friends that work for these grading companies to be like, oh shit, dude, that's a double dick Charizard EX plus alpha. That's worth $500. And suddenly that card is now worth that much money because people believe it is. And it's the same shit with, with Beanie Babies. It's the same shit with video games. Like there was a actual total revealed scam that there was a copy of Mint in Box. Super Mario Brothers for the original NES that happened recently. Oh, it went for a million and a half dollars. Yep, because it was the owner of the the site pumping up the price and then themselves buying it mm-hmm. to try to the, to catch headlines of people going, "Holy shit, this thing sold for one point five million dollars." Therefore, my copy is also worth more money. And so it pumps up the floor and makes it less accessible for people that are just like, yo, I just want a copy of the, of the cartridge, you know? I don't need the mint in box. But then you have some motherfucker trying to sell a cartridge copy of Mario Brothers Duck Hunt for $50 when back in the day, Funko Line would give you a quarter yeah. if you brought in two of them, you know? Yeah. And so, I mean, hell, this happened even recently. Um, we had a, There was like a, a break-in at a local, car, a local game shop, and... I can guarantee you that the thing that they stole from, they broke into this shop and probably stole the magic cards and the Pokemon cards because that's the shit that people have artificially attached value to. Yep, my friend's store, Phoenix Comics, up in Washington, one of the times they got broken into, somebody stole some of the magic cards, like the, the quote-unquote rares or ultra-rares that are uh-huh. in the case at, yeah. the, at the front of the store, basically. They smash the glass of the case and they take the ones that are selling for 50 or 100 bucks or whatever. This this ain't new, though though. Um, oh, no. Oh, no. Siam's buddy has uh, had, I don't know if still has, a card shop up in Indianapolis. And he started out with, like, his magic collection, and he had some really good cards. 
<clears throat> and built it from there. And I believe they got broken into like five, six, seven years ago and wiped out because. But like this also caused like the comic crash, the variant cover shit happening in the 90s. Like back when people were buying, oh shit, I got to buy 10 copies of Superman 300 because that was the one where he died. Yeah. And it was in this special black box with just the silver Superman logo visible from the bag. And they printed millions and millions and millions of copies. But like if you got your hands on it initially, ooh, you try to get big bucks for it and then turns out that they printed 10 million copies of this comic because it was the death of superman he yeah. got better and it's it's all a fake market the the sanrio fucking animal crossing cards people mass bought those things artificially built up demand we're selling mm -hmm. them for 50 dollars a package i go to target the other day to get some rice things for panther they're on the fucking peg you know, but mm -hmm. like the earliest time this ever happened was actually in like the 1800s. There was a tulip mania. Um, it's this historical market bubble where people were trying to breed and grow the most beautiful, rarest color tulips. I think it was in the Netherlands. Might have been in England. I don't know. You can look it up on Wikipedia. I know Netherlands really loves their tulips. Yeah, but, but it was yeah, like I this. Yeah, I think it was, it was somewhere in Europe. This big so, market yeah. bubble where people were trading bulbs for huge amounts of money in the time and then the market exploded and the people that sold the bulbs off got to walk away with money and everybody else got to have some very overpriced flowers. And this shit's been happening since probably since capitalism really hit it off but like we know our earliest time is in like the 1800s or something like that and so it's just the nfts are the distilled essence of that because look, it's a jpeg a pokemon card a funko pop a beanie baby it's a physical, physical item that you can hold and touch and look at and be like at least it's a cute little dude that sits on my shelf yeah a jpeg is literally something you can copy infinitely you know, and you can't touch it. You know, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. I like that there was someone that was replying to a bunch of NFT posts with just a single image. And it was a, like a line art drawing of a computer mouse with the right button was highlighted in blue. It's yeah. just, just right click. You know, it's like, well, I don't need to spend a million dollars on this JPEG. I can right click. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And, like, the people that are like, oh, you know, you don't really, like, try right-clicking and saving an NFT is like taking a photo in front of your friend's Lamborghini. And it's like, yeah, but if I'm in front of their Lamborghini, I'm near a Lamborghini. I'm not stealing your shitty lion. And, mm. like, they're trying to use the term right-clicker as a derogatory term for people that mock them. But, like, <laughs> the best way to really combat this nonsense is just to go up to them and be like, I'd love this on a t-shirt. Or the, the, the best way to win this is not to play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't feel bad blocking Elijah Wood, you know, using megablocks.xyz to just be like, oh, this has a lot of likes from people that are really happy that he's doing this. Well, I don't want to deal with your shit. Fuck off. Because, yeah, like, a lot of that shit it's automated it's bots but it's also just like idiots that i don't want anything to deal with yeah you know if you're gonna spend that money get at least some really good porn from a furry like if you want your lion to have a fucking ahigao face and have like in a baseball uniform there are furries that'll draw that for you there are furries that'll draw you pretty much anything and it won't cost you ten thousand dollars though you yeah. can totally pay them ten thousand dollars and make their fucking year hell ten thousand bucks get you two miles ds illustrations you know <laughs> that's like a 
like three or four Sampicos commissions. Fucking like these people with these massive, massive things. And then you then you look at these people that are spending ten thousand dollars on fucking googly eyed lions that are mass produced and it's like God And they get so pissed when they're like this is just when people are like, this is just furry art. This is your persona. We're not furries. We're canine cartel or something we're, like that. It's they started using art. the hashtag, it's not a furry or some, something like that. I yeah, and people it. just started going to town. Like, the furries are the ones that are really combating it pretty well by just, like, mocking yeah, the shit because we're so heavily invested in art. Yeah. You know, so when we see this shit, like, we know it's bullshit. We know that, frankly, our people can do better. Yeah. If I had $10,000, I could get, like, I could get my character fucked by all the Pokemon. Dude, for ten grand, you could have an all artist 600 draw you. All 600 change them? How many are there? Too many? I think there's, like, 700, but I wouldn't, you, that wouldn't go that far. But, no. you know, there'd be a what good I, selection. Some of those are not fuckable. What yeah. I was gonna say is that ten grand would probably get you, like, a 20 or 30 page illustrated comic of your character doing anyone and anything that you wanted them to. Yeah. Do not try to fuck the lava snail. <laughs> <laughs> How is the Beldum going? It's just going to headbutt your dick. Anyways. <laughs> if you're in the East, Tim, you go for the electric type. Yeah. You know. What's the little, the little, is it Vorb or... There's Voltorbs and they're like little it, electrodes and they're the big balls that are just electric balls. Just like, it looks just like Pokeballs. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> alright, just come up and zap the shit out of me. Ah! Uh, uh, gotta no. stick a Voltorb on my balls and get oh, that E-stim. <laughs> yeah, like, needless to say, hey, Back, we're not fans... Macro first sticking Voltorbs up their ass to get that, that prostate stimulation. <laughs> <sighs> the Mega Benoit Balls. <laughs> god damn it i think we've just found voltorb's ultimate evolution <laughs> yeah i mean macro falco's gotta use something yeah now we're getting into the real like esoteric shit yeah yeah uh yeah like macro falco art the guy who commissions all that has done more for the art scene than any nft person ever will yeah i could do so much with 10k <laughs> like yeah. I mean, again, if you're just gonna buy fucking furry art, you could get like a real ass animation from a furry for 10k. Yeah, like there's there's been some real good ones posted into the fan chat recently. Yeah, just some short animation like loops. people posting like two to five minute long fully animated sex scenes. It's like shit, you know. Yeah, people making full animated games where it's like, oh hey, you're gonna. I- I've always said like if if I had a million dollars, if I was like rich, like like. If you like were a suspiciously truly, wealthy furry. If I was like truly no worries level of rich, I'd make like a furry animation studio and put out like a a fucking actual when I say adult, I mean grown up, like an actual adult cartoon that was just totally in like the real furry style, not like black sad with it's like, like the we're flat gonna fucking animate Red Lantern. Yeah. Like cruelty. Yeah, you could like animate fully animate something like that or fucking make a full animation of out of position or yeah something, i mean well know? i mean they're doing a full studio animation of lackadaisy cats oh yeah but yeah, I heard that's about that. neither here nor there yeah you could you could turn some furry art into some furry like animated shit yeah and it wouldn't be shitty lions on the blockchain so unfortunately like if we're talking about other people that make a lot of money hey if you have somehow haven't heard about the twitch hack yet you need to change your password on twitch oh um, yeah i should do that and like they revoked everybody's stream keys not that that would really 
do anything. So yeah, like there was a big hack at Twitch and unfortunately like the thing that people focused on the most was there was a list of payouts dating from like august 2019 to now so now i know like how much a lot of the all the twitch streamers were actually paid for the last two years so now they can we can definitively stay say like who's the highest paid twitch people or whatever and articles have been posted that are like here's the top 25 most well-paid people on twitch and the, the what was the one group again i've forgotten their name already so the highest paid critical out, role yeah the highest paid out group on twitch is critical role which is the D live play series that is a full-ass production company with like 31 employees so, like, they were paid out $9.6 over the intervening 21, 24 months. But that's really not that much, all things considered. Like, I mean, that's a... When you see, like, a Patreon when someone's making, like, $65,000 a month, a lot of times it's, like, a fucking H-Bomber guy. I think he's at that kind of level. But, like, for his last video, it was a full-ass documentary, and he hired, like two research assistants that he paid and he had lawyers know, and he had lawyers in and both he, the uk and the u.s and, and he was you know his own living expenses you know but yeah when you see that it's like that doesn't mean that he's just fucking rolling in the money like in, in like critical role yeah they have 31 employees they're actually paying people that they are have doing sets. jobs and, they have and that's just the twitch payouts not like not their sponsorships not their anything else like they they're a full-ass production company they have their own product line they have a kickstarter for some animated series that they just did for 11 million dollars they're not some small group that's your friend they yeah. you know don't have a parasocial relationship with them they're like, a full-ass production company but I bet put the, out, lure, the lure team pulls in a lot of money from streaming youtube and stuff like that but they're another group that has like like they flat out bought like a fucking space the size of a warehouse and had it built out into multiple studios yeah. and offices I mean, you've and seen stuff like how that. when they do the in-person uh, desert bus desert for bus Hope. yeah but also they've done board game streams where like they have this custom built set with all their board games and shit in back of it like they're not just a dude in his house because like yeah critical role making nine million dollars that's cool like they're a business whatever but then you have people like qxcow which looks like a fucking key smash making 8.4 million and it's like do they pay their mods because they're just like a streamer like mm -hmm. they're a dude like you look at the so i mean it is cool that critical role being the top payout on twitch means it's like it's a full-ass production company they put out the product for free all the shit through subs and bits that is voluntarily paid it is not some shoestring operation and like one of the people who i do follow maximilian was like you know i can't talk about my numbers due to contractual reasons but like yeah like if for some reason you were under the impression that i need your donations or your subs to survive i'm sorry if i ever gave you that like i'm a professional i make very good money for myself and my family i'm not some struggling operation i'm a professional production dude and have been doing this for the last decade he, he put out like a 13 minute video going like yeah this is my job and i take it very seriously so yes i get paid a lot of money via twitch but i also have other things was this supposed to horrify people or something well it's envy uh -huh. a lot of it is oh my god uh like hassan hasabi he's like 
uh, he does a lot of politics streaming. He's like a left wing guy and he talks about socialism and tries to talk about theory while playing video games. And mm. everyone is like, haha, socialism with no food or how dare you do this? You're a socialist. Why do you have a house and shit like that? <laughs> it's it's people who have no understanding of anything that try to play gotcha games. It, it's people who were like, oh, AOC's dressed really well for her first day in Congress. I thought she was a socialist. And then she was like, no, I'm just really good at thrift store shopping. Yeah. And I could put together a good outfit. But like the other thing too is that like for Hassan in his case, he publicly posts his sub count. It's in a little counter up on the top right. He has 50,000 people that pay $5 a month to Twitch and he gets like 350 of that. So it's very easy to do the math and understand that yes, he makes good money for what he does. But like it really is an envy thing where people are trying to be like, oh, this person's not really doing their job. I think the bigger thing that people need to take away is that very few people actually make any money on Twitch at all. Yeah. Like, the big deal, like, oh, here's the top 100 people that are, like, 80 people make more than a million dollars a year. There's, like, 8 million people that have... that stream on Twitch.tv, and most of it are to nobody. And, like, these people are spending time and effort to, to do their shows, and they do it for fun, sure. But, like, nobody... But the top, like, half of a tenth of a percent make actual living money on Twitch.tv. Like, the, the people getting mad about the people at the top making money kind of have it flipped around. It's like, yes, the people that are big are going to get big, and the people that are big have been doing it since the beginning, for the most part. But, like, there's this glut of people doing it, so, like, you can't expect to go make a bunch of money on Twitch.tv. Yeah. I ex it's respect the, same with the grind. too. Because, yeah. like, last time I looked at, like, Pepper's Patreon page, he was making, like, a little over or around 600 bucks a month. Yeah. That's not, like, a livable amount. No, that's a pocket change. And, like, I our patrons... some groceries, maybe pay half the rent. Like, the way our patron fucking going right now, like, we get fuck all per month for it. It's kind of disappointing. It's kind of sad, really. And so, like, you know... There's little people that make, like, no money on Patreon, but still produce stuff every week. Like, like when I streamed regularly, I was trying to do it to, for funsies, but I just found it too stressful. But, like, we'd still produce this show if we didn't have a patron, really. Like, we've been doing this for 13 fucking years. We don't know how to shut up. That's to say we don't appreciate our patrons. Yeah, but look. We're not getting rich off We ain't it. getting rich off this, and most people that stream on Twitch aren't getting rich either. Yeah. So it's just sort of like, you know, get mad at like the system that has so many people fighting for crumbs, maybe, and not the fact that Critical Role, a full ass production house, is getting paid nine million over that period of time. Because like that's like four hundred thousand a month. But then when you have sets and production costs and thirty one staff and the the talent and this that and the other that actually in paying for rental space in Burbank, California. Mm -hmm. Oh. Uh, yeah. Like $400,000 goes away real quick. And when I talked about it this morning I was kind of like this is how the people that see when a con has a six-figure budget thinks the people at the top are somehow raking it in. Mm -hmm. And I, and I mentioned this before that like so the majority of furry conventions are 501c corporations that are that means they're not for profit. C3s. 
yeah, C threes and C sevens are both publicly available. Yeah, like like most five hundred one C anything that information is public. Like their tax documents are actually public information. So I I pulled up like a bu- like a bunch <laughs> of um, PDFs of the filings for a lot of our organizations because I was seeing all these people accusing such and such con of like like oh all their directors are making big money and so this isn't even mentioning furry fiesta that was just like one person that was like how much is your board making and it was like nothing but like there's don't been... you know how much the president of fiesta's board makes shiva <laughs> there's yeah. been for years because like uncle kage is a polarizing figure in the fandom and some people really really hate him and by extension anthrocon and there's been a lot of people over the years that have insisted that anthrocon's board is raking in the money and and it's like, look up Anthrocon's fucking tax filing. The board aren't paid. And pay and salary to a board has to be on there. Hell, there is there's a spot on there for board member salaries. You know what it says? Zero. Like every con except for one, and I won't name who they are, you can go and find out yourself. But every con I looked at except for one, the board were not compensated at all and the one that i found was like a couple of the board members were paid seventy five hundred dollars for that year which is not actually like a salary you could live on anyway so even the ones that are being paid they're not quote raking it in they're not making money off the backs of the fandom or whatever and some of that is like they spent money to go buy stuff and they are getting reimbursed too yeah You know, it's... Well, and, like, I feel kind of weird, too, because, like, obviously, hey, this is us being old. But, like, of the list of the top 100 people that are the top 100 people getting paid on Twitch, I've heard of eight of them. Like, at Mm -hmm. all. They Like, if in passing or I've watched them in the past, like, eight of the top 100. I've never watched Critical Role, but you or maybe Tyrion have probably mentioned them around me. I've heard of it. I've heard of them, yeah. I I I recognize the name, much like you, somebody I know watch them or mention them at some point well and like they're gonna be starting their third season so like if you want to get in now's the time to start rather than like having to catch up on like 200 episodes of their previous campaign Mm -hmm. and i only know about loading ready run because Tyrion is a huge fan and watches desert bus every year and donates and buys the t-shirt and and swag and stuff like that And they're not even in the top 100 I don't know if they stream on Twitch. Aren't they YouTube? I don't know. Well, they also have their own network. Yeah. But like 81 people have made more than a million dollars between August 2019 and October 2021. So like everybody else below that is like making less than a million dollars in that time period. So, you know, there is a lot of money going around on Twitch, but it's literally concentrated way up at the top and you ain't it. <laughs> like i fully respect people like graveyard greg that hustle and hustle and hustle and have like 40 50 viewers and that's cool and people donate and give money but it ain't a living so and you know. gotta hustle your ass off probably to even make a couple hundred bucks a month off of twitch yeah i just it's so hard to get past that initial goal uh, initial hurdle of getting anybody to watch you mm-hmm. and then like building that and you know playing the z guys and have you know like, oh, I have to be really good at this. Or, like, I'm going to play... Like, I played Battletech for probably 70 hours on stream and had a few people watch me. But that's because I was playing through the game and enjoying it. But, like, I could not turn that game into my entire fucking personality and turn it into my streaming empire, right? Like, that's... 
I don't know. It's just I don't have that personality. And it's the same with podcasting. There's like a jillion podcasts out there, but you know, a, f- a few of them are maybe making a living off of that. And you know, it, some of those are probably the ones well, like uh, last podcast on the left where they do like a shitload of research and they have research assistants. And that's another operation that's a whole operation with actual it's employees and, now. and stuff like that. Yeah. And, I wonder what they make. But, you know, support some furry artists on patreon makio who i mentioned earlier has a patreon so you know go throw her some money for uh for her writing and she's someone that like puts out like her books and stories for free as as well as selling them like one of her novels i think was all on her website yeah so you know like supporting the community you know anyone can like enjoy the content like we do the same thing like we don't keep our shit our show just on patreon yeah go and go and support some writers and artists and stuff yeah because i'm trying to get okay they have fifteen thousand patrons and make eighty six thousand dollars a month but they also have like office space and shit but they're also doing the hustle they're they're touring again they're doing shows going around the country mm-hmm. yeah like it's a whole ass thing but they got their start doing like a radio network way back in the day like there's it's not just three assholes sitting around in the living room smoking a hookah ball you know <laughs> recording on some old equipment and a macbook air you know they have actual production facilities and shit but that that's their we re- have my living room and that's a, their full ass job you know yeah and a, bu- a tupperware of podcast equipment that gets pulled out <laughs> once a week and like that's that's fine though like we're not this is we're not going we don't want to be fucking furry famous i don't want to be fucking furry i'm just this dude and i do a podcast because i never know how to shut up like (laughs) i have you know i'm perfectly content with the amount of followers i have on twitter.com and so it's like i don't want attention i just want to fucking survive and then like grow my fucking pepper plants um speaking of which my this is really annoying to me. My pepper plants that I've been trying to baby and like hand germinate and all this other shit, doing nothing. The pepper plants that I germinated using the heat mat and the tray that you let me borrow, and then I put outside in good dirt and said good luck, some of them are already fucking flowering. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, this thing that I've kept in 78 degrees and a light breeze and well watered and. <sighs> but all right, well, good luck. And the ones that I said good luck to are doing just fine and producing flowers. So it's like, all right, fine, whatever. Fucking plant. Like, the majority of the plants that are surviving right now are all my pepper plants. So I now have. I think I have 22 pepper plants in dirt, and a quarter of them have started flowering already, while they're like seven, eight inches tall. So, sure, whatever. <laughs> you know, maybe I'll, they'll hopefully turn out to be a lot of, uh, you know, tiny little serrano and cayenne bushes. <laughs> because why not, you know? Like but- I said, usually mine, it just throws out some and it sticks with those until you take them off. And then when you take them off, it gets, it starts going, oh, it makes more. Yeah. Speaking well, of which, we need to hit up the bushes in the dark before you go. Okay. Because, yeah, you've got a lot of peppers on those bushes because I have, I can, I can turn them into sauce because, yeah, gardening. Woo! Yeah, it's just like now that it's not getting too crazy hot outside, the plants are just like, ooh, this is great. And sure, whatever. Like, I harvested my ginger. I dried it. I have some ginger. <laughs> how big you? was? How did, big you did you start I, with and how much big did you harvest? I thought you probably said about I harvested my gender. <laughs> yeah i have no need for it it has been discarded i, I sliced <laughs> it, it up and dried it in the oven for about four hours at 150 it, it, it's not discarded you planted it and you made more ginger yeah i have so many spares <laughs> gosh another one yeah and you know you 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 distill that and then you have your gender fluid exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
this is extra spicy gender fluid. <laughs> this is garlic. <laughs> Gar- gender fluid with extra garlic. And, and habanero. Yeah, habanero. Ooh, that'd be weird. Yeah, I meant to go out there and uh, pick them when you got here, but then I got distracted by family being dumb. Yeah, but I don't know if you want to put that out there. Just I'm not. Family. I, that, that, that's as far as I'm going with that one. And then mm. I forgot the pepper plant. So I guess yep. we'll do it in the dark before you leave. Also, apparently today is uh, Edgar Allan Poe's death day. <laughs> yes. Put that nose in there. It's October 7th. He has been dead for a long time. Happy death day, you spooky little bitch, was the... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> was a tweet I saw on it, and I, I I just enjoyed the wording of it, so I was like, "Yay!" But yeah, I read some Edgar Allan Poe um, like a couple months ago. I just randomly got in the mood for him and just read a couple of short stories. Also, one of Ursula Vernon's upcoming books from Tor is called "What Moves the Dead," and it's sort of like loosely based on "Follow the House of Usher." Um, and that's the one that has that really awesome cover that, that I showed you guys last week. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, early, like, people that have gotten, like, advanced review copies have said it's really good. So mm. I'm looking forward to that. Are, are you paper publishing that, you said? No, that's Tor. Okay. Sorry. That's a big publisher. <laughs> T-A-U-R. Tor. <laughs> <laughs> that's when they publish my work, which I have to actually write. It's like, oh my god, we should start a computer. Competing publishing house called Tor. Tor, and all they publish is Tor featuring. Yes, it's, mm-hmm. it's all Tor stories. Oh, that could be an imprint for you. Yeah. Hell, <laughs> <laughs> Bernard Du should make that an imprint. Publishes books under that. <laughs> well, guys, it is. We're only actually an hour ten in or so. I was overall. like, yeah, it's not that. It's not that late. Not it's that only long. nine p.m. We don't have to go to bed yet. We're not that old. There's peppers to pick. There's peppers to pick, yes, and and dogs to pet. Bo was like, holy shit, you're here. Oh my god, it's been, what, four days since I last saw you. Ah, Man, I was walking in with that waffle iron, and he was just, just all around me, and I'm like, what, what are you doing, dog? He's like, you have to, what is this? Well, then he was like flipping out while I was carrying in the stuff that I brought over for Saro, and so it's like... You have things in boxes. It's at least it's not quite the same as like if I walk in with a bag of water burger because mm-hmm. Adam knows what that is and he's like, "Holy shit, it's food! Give me fries!" <laughs> and I have to give him some fries. Aww. He does the little the dance of sadness. Mm-hmm. He, he kind of hops up and paws at you like, "Hey, hey, I, I'm hungry. I'm starving. Can't you see him? I'm, I'm withering away. I need some French fries or I will die." Because. <laughs> um, Thursday is the day I go pick us up from lunch, and uh, Hatch Green Chili Bacon Burgers back at Whataburger, which is really good. Mm. So that was nice. But Adam has to get his fries. Very important. God, when we were we, we were hanging out last weekend, and as you or Sarah mentioned, the uh, the breakfast burger was yeah. really good at Whataburger, and it was after eleven o'clock when I was heading home. So I was like, I'm gonna stop at Whataburger, and I'm gonna. <laughs> it was after midnight, my dude. Well, um, well, eleven is when they changed back to the uh, breakfast menu. Uh, Okay. Um, but, uh, but I, uh, so I was like, on the way home, I'm like, I'm going to stop at Whataburger. And then I saw that, that, that one Whataburger that we go to that is the slowest Whataburger in existence had a line wrapped almost out to the point of the road, like two more cars and it would have been out in the actual road. And I was like, nope. And I just drove home. So yeah. I, I guess I will try their breakfast burger some other time. It's really good. Right into the show and let me know if it's good. Well, you already told me it's good. So I guess you don't need you to do that. 
Hey, Fuzz, it's really good. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't think I've ever actually had one. You know, it's just, when are you over there at that time of day is always the question. Like, well, if I've it's after a... midnight, I mean, that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm far more likely to be there than that 6 a.m. They, they do breakfast from 11 to 11. Yeah, the last time I, was, I got a breakfast burger was the time, I think, it was 2019, and I was taking you to the airport. And I don't know what con it was, but I was taking, pretty sure it was you to the airport, Fuzz. Okay. You or Tyrion. It was one of you uh-huh. over there. And so I was over at the by the Whataburger by the north side of the airport, and I was like, I'm gonna get a breakfast burger. And oh, I did. Okay. And then I took a morning walk at Grapevine Mills. This is in the before times. When yeah. That wouldn't fill me with anxiety. Yep. <laughs> <sighs> so, I had to get a nice walk the other day, though. Uh, Panther had a hell change, and so he didn't get home till like, 5 a.m., but I had to take my car to the shop first thing in the morning. So I ended up walking, like, three miles back home <laughs> from the auto shop. <laughs> I was like, well, you know, it's a nice day. There's North Breeze. I got my headphones. Yeah. I'll, I'll stop and grab breakfast and then finish my walk, and I did. It was nice. So it's like, I, I can still walk distances and not feel like I died. That's amazing. Yay. I'm not that old. Yeah. You're not completely atrophying from the last two years. Yeah, exactly. We got anything else, guys? Do you got any cool? Well, you have some new stuff to talk about. Fuzz, your books came in. You got oh yeah, new, I showed uh, I showed comic, a couple. And you got of, a new uh, Rukus book. Yeah. So for the, uh, those that may not have heard, like Rukus has a new book coming out. Um, I haven't put up pre-orders on it yet. It'll be launching at BLFC. Uh, we'll have some at her table. She'll have some at her table too. And this is one that she posted to Patreon. Patreon. So her patrons have have read it. It's called Kindred. We're actually published it in two volumes um because it you know like a lot of rukus's work it, it chonky uh so it'll be kindred north is the first one coming out and we'll do kindred south later on i think she wants to have kindred south out for maybe mff or tff i'm not sure one of those cons that has f and f in their uh in their acronym but anyway yeah so i got my stock of of those in and i also have my stock of a new Cadath comic it's uh 70 pages full color dynamite stating dilemma turned out really nice on on the print um so check that out once i get those up but basically uh dynamite is like she works at the strip club safari club uh in Cadath's universe and she's like set up to, to be like she's shy is social anxiety never been kissed and she meets guy that that is in a similar situation and it's all about oh no I, I, how do we tell if we like each other and you know will there be boning and, and stuff like that so it's a cute comic it's adult that has some great facial expressions in it and yeah it turned out really well and we have some other stuff coming out too uh tiered's been working on like three or four different layouts currently we're doing like an anniversary edition of the frat house blues series which will be all four issues that we've published individually Plus some bonus material all in one volume. I think we're doing that in hardcover and softcover. I don't know as much of the details because Tieran's handling that. Um, but that should be out soon as well. A new volume of Art Decade Monthly collection will be out soon too. Yeah, we're, we've got a bunch of other stuff we need, we're working on or need to be working on. Oh, and the... Uh, the one Ursula Vernon slash T. Kingfisher one that I am doing the printing on is the um, romance 
fantasy with horror elements, Paladin's Grace. This is her first gay romance. And that comes out this Saturday. Uh, It comes out on the 9th. So that is available for pre-order at all fine book retailers. Yeah. And I gotta say, the the faces that in the Cadath comic is are really good. Yeah, you like, commented that uh, he should make a sticker pack of, yeah, di- of, uh, of dynamite. Dynamite's facial expressions. He's yeah. <laughs> a stripper with social anxiety who is also a virgin. Like she's fine when she's on stage, but when it gets to, like the interpersonal relationships, yeah, she goes to a store and it's like, "Please don't talk to me. I'm just trying to buy a book. Don't talk to me." Ah! <laughs> and it's like I understand that, though you won't ever catch me on a pole, that's for sure. Or not that kind of pole. Well, it's like, that would have to be a very well-anchored pole. We're talking, like, structural. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. I see these people like, oh, we got a pole at the bed of a truck. It's like, well, I'm going to flip that thing off and die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyways, so that's just a little bit of self-deprecating humor over here. I'm not... Oh. Hey. <laughs> Not gonna, no, not gonna I wouldn't, pole dance. I wouldn't be on a pole either. For one thing, it takes like incredible dexterity and muscle strength. Oh yeah, like, shit! Like you actually have to really work on your upper body, lower, like oh, full body strength. Yeah, you can't just whip around a pole like the way some people do. Yeah, without training. Nope. So now that we've shilled for an extra ten minutes, we should probably wrap it up because there's papers to go pick, and I have to edit this podcast because I'm going to be down in Waco this Saturday for Out on the Brazos. We'll see how that goes. It's Waco's Pride Fest, which, if you know Waco, Texas, mm. it's a little. Uh, we'll see. Might be a little conservative. A bit. Yeah, you know it's the the dark heart of Baptist power in Texas. Um, you know the famously tolerant Baptist religion. But God, yeah, I'll hopefully not get up to any shit that gets me arrested and or incriminated. So we'll see. Anyway, so uh, you should oh, join. Um, can I mention another headline? Okay, if you want to discuss this, that um. We are now, what, a revolutionary group in Russia? Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, We're now, like, an extremist group. Gays yeah. and furries are going to be labeled extremist groups in, in uh, Russia. Which is fucked up. Uh, it's yeah. part of their, their, all, their all-encompassing anti-queer uh, agenda. And uh, things very dangerous for both gays and furries. And, like, I had a customer write to me. Asking if I could ship to Russia. And I was like, yeah, we ship to Russia. And then <coughs> he had to clarify, uh, or they had to clarify, um, like, no, I mean, you know, with the new anti-gay propaganda law. And I'm like, I honestly don't know. It's like, you know, will it make it through customs? I don't know. It's like, you know, we can have it printed. We can have it shipped there. But I don't know what their mail sorting is like. I don't know how intensive their customs inspections are i don't know if you'll get in trouble if they happen to open that package and it's gay furry stuff you know it's one of those things where i'm like just might not be worth the risk right now you know i would i would have concerns i guess living in that uh kind of situation so you know yeah uh right-wing authoritarians it's it's not great it's it's bizarre that they decided to add furries to the list randomly. Maybe because we're so openly queer? 
I'm not sure. Probably. Or that also furries are are very, very left. And like a lot of the headlines you see about furries these days are how we kicked out Nazis or we're at a protest or something like that. So, you know, I guess I can kind of see it as, as like <laughs> furry is a very subversive element. And if if you're a right wing autocratic government, yeah, maybe we are dangerous. You know, it's a it's a freedom of thought and expression that assholes like that don't like so solidarity with uh russian furries and you know hopefully shit changes over there at some point yep not a lot that can be said otherwise because it's just like it's kind of a shithole government it's authoritarian as hell and it's kind of been that way for a real long time and like you have this rise this rising tide of right-wing authoritarianism the old soviet bloc you know poland and hungary and other rather shitty eastern european countries where it's like, yeah, we're, we're doing this shit to try to recriminalize, you know, shove the gay toothpaste back in the tube. And it's not going to work, but it's going to make life hard for a lot of people. Yeah. And it's know? not like we're doing that much. Um, we're doing better, but not that much better over here. We're trending in the wrong direction in yeah, America. Got... Yeah, especially with, like, all that the anti-trans laws that are either on the books or they're trying to put them on the books in various states. Texas's government is very anti-queer, anti-trans, and I mean, you have anti-voting. The motherfuckers that are like, oh, you know, we're going to send this up the chain to invalidate Roe v. Wade, but why don't we also, while we're there, also invalidate, you know, gay marriage and sodomy laws being unconstitutional? You know, why don't we just kind of not try to shove everything back 50 years? Yeah. Like... That's when the assassinating people in Minecraft comes into play. But, you know, Minecraft, parody, parody, motherfuckers still want to do that. Like, it's not, oh, you know, everybody's bored with the queers they exist. There's still motherfuckers that want to try to get rid of us. Yeah. So, you know, be prepared to fight that. Maybe some motherfuckers need to be tra- to be chased into bathrooms like cinema was, except this time be beaten in Minecraft. Anyways, no, no before com- I- No comment because I don't play Minecraft. Yeah. Before I get any more uh, heated gamer moments, why don't we wrap this shit up, Fuzz? Okay. Um, okay. So uh, join the fan chat. Pa- join our Patreon, patreon.com slash podcast. You can always write to the show, uh, southpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at fucking angry furries. Ah! <laughs> um, baddivebooks.com for ebooks, furplanet.com for physical books. Thanks, you know so. what? Physical books. You know, they're not $10,000. They're things you can hold and or masturbate to. So uh, At the same time. Better better than <laughs> any sort of JPEG lions you could ever buy, that's for sure. Unless it was like a JPEG lion from a furry artist that was pornographic. <laughs> so, uh, on that note, good night. And don't buy NFTs. <laughs>